Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to episode 375. This is Daniel Meisler, and I hope you're doing well. So I believe the explosion of intelligence we're currently seeing is not just a tech event, but a civilizational event. To me, it's the most disruptive thing to happen to humans probably ever, and that's why I'm thinking and creating so much about it. I thought about changing the structure of the show to emphasize this, but I think security, tech, and humans is still the right characterization for the show. And I want to thank you for being part of this. Let's get into the week. So my work, first of all, I wrote a new piece called Six Phases of the Post-GPT World, and it is what I think is coming as a result of connecting GPT-4 to the internet. And I implore you not to miss this one. It's one of the best pieces I think I've written, and uh, I don't often like a lot of my stuff. So definitely recommend you check this one out. And starting off with security news, GitHub key rotation. So GitHub rotated its private RSA SSH after it was ephemerally exposed in a public repository. This only applies to the RSA key. The DSA key and the 25519 keys are fine. And I got the new key here and a link to the new keys. CISA has created a new program that alerts critical infrastructure providers if they have vulnerabilities associated with ransomware campaigns. Absolutely love what CISA is doing. It's like they're a scrappy startup in every previous cybersecurity effort, or most previous cybersecurity efforts in the government, were kind of like Oracle. My buddy Joseph Thacker found over 80 unpublished ChatGPT plugins by tinkering with the API, and he could not only view them, but install them. He got with the security team and they fixed the issue very quickly, I think, within the same day or the day after. So good on OpenAI for that as well. And ChatGPT, speaking of them, had a situation last week where users were able to see chat histories and email addresses that didn't belong to them. And OpenAI said in their postmortem that the issue was caused by an open source bug in the Redis client. Zoom paid a around $4 million in bounties in 2022, which is a good number, but I always feel like the numbers are too low, especially for Google when they publish theirs. The total number with HackerOne since 2019 for Zoom is over $7 million. And they're also rolling out their own vulnerability reporting system, which they're calling VIS, which will rank bugs based on 13 aspects of their impact. Cisco has published its semi-annual, which is twice a year. Always Weird to think about which one is semi-annual versus biannual. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, the semi-annual report for iOS and iOS XE uh, security advisory bundle. It includes 10 vulnerabilities, including six that are rated high, and three of them can be exploited to cause DOS remotely. And the CDC says there's a drug-resistant fungus running rampant at healthcare facilities. And they're calling it an urgent threat. It's called Candida auris, and cases tripled from 2020 to 2021, totaling over 4,000 cases. And the most alarming part of this is that it kills one in three patients by invading the blood, brain, and heart. Now, that is patients in uh, long-term care facilities, so they seem to be uh, quite elderly. But uh, one out of three is still pretty crazy numbers for something that's drug-resistant and seems to be spreading. I don't think it's a big panic or anything, but definitely something to watch. Technology news. 
Only a week after releasing GPT-4, OpenAI connected ChatGPT to the internet. A lot of us knew this was coming, but I thought it would take months, or like over a year. No, they did it in a week. And what's extraordinary about it is they basically wrote a framework for replacing companies' entire businesses as plugins, or at the very least, it turned them into APIs. Suddenly it becomes very important to return great results in your API, because that might soon be all anyone cares about in terms of your company. OpenAI has a new competitor called Character.ai that, quote, offers AI chatbots that allow users to chat and roleplay with, well, anyone, living or dead, real or imagined, end quote. And I think this is compelling in a world of loneliness and isolation. So you could talk to anyone from, like, yourself to Shakespeare to Jean Picard. Adobe has entered the generative AI space with its own offering called Firefly. It's early, but the ability to select objects and areas and have the model create iterations is quite awesome. You can basically say, hey, remake this tree in different ways or, you know, make a different kind of tree or whatever. And you could also select an area and tell it to make something completely new, like a beach scene or a brand new building or whatever. Really powerful tools. Hopefully they'll be secure. Bing is up 16% in visits and Google is down 1% through February. I'd expected a more drastic hit, honestly, but I guess that'll take some time. There are numerous reports now saying Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, has no equity in the company, which I guess is easier to do when you've got a couple hundred million dollars in the bank. Still cool, though. Tesla owners appear to be getting penalized for driving at night. So Tesla maintains a safety score on every driver, and you can actually look it up inside the interface. And one user reported that their score went down a few points. They had like high 90s score, I think 97, went down to like 93 or 94 because they drove home from the airport at 3 a.m. Not sure how I feel about this actually, but I do find it interesting. Like, is this intrusive and annoying? Yes. But is it likely accurate in terms of like predicting the chance of an accident? I would say yes. So, yeah, I'm not sure what I feel about that. Human news. Over 40% of Americans support banning TikTok, but in other news, Americans also support eating healthy. Do they actually do it? No, that is a completely separate matter. And the biggest news last week around TikTok was seeing how bad it is for democracy to have a country run by old people who know nothing about technology. Yeah, they were basically asking the dumbest questions ever. I mean, they could have asked amazing questions, but if you don't know anything about technology, what are you going to do? South Korea has the world's lowest fertility rate, and experts are citing the rising cost of living, prioritizing work over starting a family, and marriage rate decline of over 35% in that country. And people are trying to figure out why is it happening and why is it seem to be spreading. I think something like over 30 U.S. states also had declining birth rates. Pretty crazy stuff. Ideas and analysis. How AI will replace today's degrees and certifications. I think instead of degrees for completing X number of courses, which is kind of arbitrary and dumb, AI will perform long multi-day interviews on the topic of your degree. And I don't mean like grueling, like interrogation style interviews. I mean casual, giving you some time in between, but going really in depth with you, asking you questions, scenarios, etc. And you'll get like a score which actually has multiple subscores, like 24 different subscores about your knowledge of a particular topic or field. 
And I think that's going to replace uh, decrease. Three protections for knowledge workers. I think there are three things that will postpone knowledge work replacement by AI for a given person. One is to be an SME, be an expert in your space. Number two, create the AI tech itself, which is still going to be needed for a while. And then third is be a polymath implementer. So AI systems need data and wisdom to put into models. And it's the SMEs that will be creating that for the foreseeable future. You also need people to continue making the AI tech itself. And finally, you have the generalists who are good with people, good with finding hidden problems, and good at using the AI tools to solve those issues. So ask yourself, which of these are you? And which are your loved ones who are going to be going through school and trying to figure out how to make their way in this uh, post-AI world? So really important questions to be thinking about. And Kurzweil is looking pretty good right now. So he said, AI would reach human intelligence levels around 2029 and outpace us a billionfold by 2045. I don't know about a billionfold. Billion is a big number. But people laughed at him for a long time, basically since he said it, for being way too early, saying that AI, nothing like AI was coming for decades, if ever. And a lot fewer people are laughing now. And there's a real chance he'll end up not being aggressive enough in his estimates, especially with the delta between reaching human intelligence for an AGI, if that happens in 2029, it's not going to take to go to 2045 to get vastly more powerful than humans. I mean, that, that could be like a year later or like several weeks later. Who, who knows? But uh, yeah, I imagine he's wearing a t-shirt these days, just like I told you so. Notes, my best homie Jason Haddix has started his own newsletter. He'll be talking in a voice all his own on the topics of hacking and security leadership. I've already seen a draft of the first issue, and I can say for sure it's going to be one of the best newsletters in our security space, and you should go sign up immediately. I think I just decided not to drink at home. I basically got rid of pretty much all my alcohol. I had a bunch of beers that I put in the refrigerator when I first moved in in the middle of 2021, and I haven't consumed those beers, so I ended up throwing those out. They were expired or whatever. And uh, I've got a little bit of bourbon left, which I'm about done with. And I think I'm not going to buy any more for the house. I think alcohol for me is just going to be like an RSA, Black Hat, DEF CON, and like social outing type situation. And just uh, not have it around. No reason to. And just for reference, it was Huberman. That was my tipping point on this. Where he basically concluded from all his research that there is no healthy amount of alcohol which I thought there was. I thought it like, normally I would have like five drinks in like a month or so. Uh, so very rarely would I drink, well, at least compared to people who drink. And I thought that was healthy. It, maybe even healthy, a little bit healthy. Uh, I saw some research basically saying it could clean you out a little bit or whatever. And there's plenty of people who drink whatever, one or two or three drinks forever and live into their 90s. So I was like, oh, this is probably fine. But evidently, the current research is that is not the case, and it is a net bad, so cutting it out. Getting ready to launch my API platform in the next couple of weeks with a big push happening for RSA, and I'll be announcing the name of it and its availability and wait list very shortly, and I'm super excited about it. And I actually wrote my first mobile app using GPT-4 the other day for iOS. It took me like 30 minutes. It was insane. 
And it's a basically a front end to the APIs I was just talking about. And I can't believe I went from I, iOS development being too difficult and too kludgy and too obscure to even mess with for like 10 years to making an app in like 30 minutes. And that all happened in the span of like a few weeks. Um, and then GPT-4 just nailed it for me. I was like, eh, wonder how easy this would be. Boom, 30 minutes later, I've got a working app. Like it's on my phone right now. Insanity. Discovery, Mac GPT, a menu bar option for invoking ChatGPT on a Mac. I have it set to command G and it opens up a uh, query and you just type it in, you get back your GPT results. Pretty slick. The Secret History of Elon Musk, Sam Altman, and OpenAI. This is a Semaphore article and it is fantastic. Lots of cool history there, including the fact that Sam Altman doesn't have any equity in OpenAI. Sam Altman on the Lex Friedman podcast, definitely worth a watch. How John Wick changed movies through world building. Managers exploit loyal workers over less committed colleagues. I have seen this everywhere throughout my entire career or careers, my entire working life, basically. And my partner is going through this quite a bit in her world. And uh, yeah, that's basically what happens. Like managers find out who complains a lot and they don't talk to them and they don't bother them. And, or if they're incompetent, they don't bother them. They basically just let them do whatever they do. And they're kind of thankful that they have them. Then you have like super high performers, like a players, even if they're a little bit grouchy or whatever, and they just dump on them. They just keep giving them more work. They require more things. They're more strict with their standards. And it's just horribly bad for both productivity and morale. Somebody hacked together a very early her interface. And this is very much in line with the article that I just wrote about the six phases of post GPT world. And because one of those is AI assistance. And uh, this one is really cool. The age of AI has begun. This is a <clears throat> large piece by Bill Gates. Got another crazy interface here that gives you awesome things to say in real time conversation. <clears throat> and this is also AI assisted. So you basically have like a HUD and the HUD is, <laughs> So the system is listening to your conversation and someone asks you something cool. It's like, Hey, what's your favorite, you know, I don't know, Eastern European literature from the 1800s. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden on your HUD, you'll see like a perfect answer. Obviously there's going to be some delays and that's going to be kludgy. And someone's probably wearing a giant computer on their face to even make this happen currently with current tech, but still very cool to see these types of proofs of concept. Choose what to dream tonight. This is a Wall Street Journal piece about, is it called active dreaming or livid dreams? <laughs> Not livid, vivid dreaming. Um, yeah, basically how to um, control your dreams. Real-time AI detection of feelings in video. This thing is insane. It's showing video of like actresses. Uh, one was from ER and one was Will Smith and some others. And it was just, they were going through multiple facial expressions and there was this dot moving on the screen showing like what exact like emotion they were feeling at the time. And it was happening exactly as the facial expression was changing, which was really cool. And a dozen things I've learned from Charlie Munger about moats. This was a really cool piece about how to defend your business against competitors. And the recommendation of the week, don't fret. All this AI stuff is exciting, but it's also depressing, especially for those who like human-based personal and cozy communities. 
don't worry. This is going to change things for the worse in many ways, but it'll improve things as well. And there will be many movements that push to keep AI and tech in general in the background of human interactions, and I'm going to be part of that. AI was going to come no matter what. It was only a question of when. It's up to us to find ways to use it to amplify our humanity rather than squelch it. We can do that, and we need your help. Tim. Specifically talking to Tim. And the aphorism of the week. The future is not some place we are going, but one we are creating. The future is not some place we are going, but one we are creating. John Shar. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time. Thank you.